One year since the Biden administration executive order on customer experience, at least one department is pushing hard. Homeland Security is about to hire up to 100 people for CX jobs before the end of the year. It's got lots of candidates to choose from. Federal News Network's Jason Miller joins me now with the details. And Jason, they are really pushing hard on this. Tell us why and who they're hiring. This is a part of their technologist hiring initiative kicked off in September. And Tom, these are GS-14 to GS-15 grade level positions. Pretty nice salary, $95,000 about $176,000, generally speaking. And they're looking for people with skill sets around things like product managers, human-centered designers, software engineers, data science experts. What they're trying to do with this is, again, you said about 50 to 100 people they're trying to bring in by mid-January time frame. What they're trying to do with this is really spread these people out throughout the entire agency so they can drive some, I'll use the word standardization. They don't want everything to do the same, but they want some more, okay, we, this is what customer experience means. I want They want folks to do it roughly in the same vein, meaning it's not, you know, yours is about IT, mine is about, you know, call centers. We want, They want everything to be more specific. And they think these people, as they come in, will help drive the, that, again, I'll use the word standardization, maybe not the best word to describe it. Right. My question is, are they going to work for DHS headquarters because it's the components that have the customer experience challenges like TSA or Customs and Border Protection or they USCIS? Will work, they will work across the board. Some, some will be in headquarters, some will be at CBP or USCIS or TSA or FEMA, wherever they're needed. And I think they have probably dozens and dozens of openings that they're trying to fill, not just these hundred people, but but they got over a thousand applicants alone for these jobs. And of course, Tom, we know not every applicant's qualified, but the fact is a lot of interest in helping DHS improve their customer experience in these specific areas. And as we know, DHS, VA, and a bunch of other agencies are really starting to look over their over the shoulder at the folks who are being laid off from Silicon Valley, places like Meta and Google and Apple, and go, oh, Maybe we could hire some of those folks, and and that's why I think this first round is, is going to lead to a much more hiring and much more interest. It sounds almost like they're building their own little digital service. I wouldn't go that far as a digital <laughs> service because I think that that may make some folks over at OMV mad. But we saw a lot of agencies did have digital service offices over the years. I think what they're seeing is this executive order from President Biden that you mentioned is just a year old now. And they're saying, okay, we need to really focus on how we deliver to to the different customer bases. And if you think about DHS more broadly, they serve probably more customers or more citizens than any other agency. If you fly your, your, your TSA, if you're bringing in food, it's you know Customs Border Protection or Citizens Immigration Service if you're trying to apply for, for an HB1 visa or FEMA if you have a disaster relief or need some help with flood insurance. Everybody touches DHS in some way. And I think they're saying, how can we make that touch points better, easier, faster, and cheaper? And do we know whether they're using special hiring authorities? Because it sounds like they're really trying to get the people hired fast and then onboarded fast. They are using special hiring authorities because, of course, to to make this turn around this quickly, whether it's direct hire authorities or Schedule A or or however it works, it's it's not maybe 100% clear. But I think what they're saying is, we know we need to get these people in place because we have this need, and we know the agency more broadly has this need. So how can we do it more quickly? And I, and I think, you know, based on the interest, they're going to get these folks in place. And how does DHS compare in your reporting to what other agencies are doing? Because everybody talks about customer experience, but it sounds like from the DHS standpoint, they consider it a specialized function that needs specialized teams. 
I think every agency has this focus specifically over the last year around what is customer experience, how does customer experience work, why does it matter. Tom, you and I hear this all the time. We talk to CIOs, we talk to others, uh, chief human capital officers, and they always say, well, we have to understand what our customer needs are. What's the user experience like? And I think that you know, DHS is trying to take that more internally and say, okay, we need to bring people to bring these people in to say, all right, what does it mean when the customer says this? Or what does it mean when we get this reaction to this type of website? Uh, and, and I'll give you just a, a quick example. One of the things that DHS is doing is trying to reduce the burden of paperwork. And this is something so mundane, right? The P- Paperwork Reduction Act, the PRA, it's been around for, for 25, 30 years. And what I've been told from DHS is they have a goal of reducing about 20 million hours of paperwork. They're already Their target now is already exceeding that initial goal. They're looking at reducing about 21 to 22 million hours. They're about 25% there. And they hope over the next six months to reach that 22 or so million hours of reduction of paperwork. What does this mean is citizens and others won't have to fill out a form. Or they want the film. Will, the form will be shorter, or they'll be able to do something where I won't have to fill the same information out multiple times. Whether it's through automation or some other. Hey, I know Tom Temin because he's in the Trusted Traveler program. Now I know him when he applies for FEMA insurance too. They're making these connections to make it easier on the citizen, and I think that only is driven by someone taking a step back. Usually an expert going, "Hey, we could do this better. This this sure. is not a good." There's a better way to bake this cake. This is really one area where the federal government, I think, is ahead of the states. I know that in where I live and in several other states, just ordinary licenses, permissions, things you have to do, you've got to file download forms and scan them and kind of mail them in again. You can email them at least and not snail mail. But in one case, the forms they you have to give them back have to be a JPEG, not even a PDF. They can't take in. So you see all kinds of paperwork, semi-paperwork solutions, but there sounds like DHS wants to go totally digital. It seems like the the fillable PDF has been around forever. Why aren't more folks using it? And some of that is concern over the, the difference between electronic signatures and, and wet signatures. If you sign that paperwork, they probably wanted a JPEG because they want to make sure you signed it versus you use a digital signature. We've seen, I've reported, for instance, on the Labor Department, they uh, did a pilot using the digital signature. And now they're like, hey, wow, this made such a big difference. Let's expand the pilot. I think a lot of agencies are in that same realm going, oh, can we apply the digital signature to really reduce, again, paperwork burden, time it takes, and to make it more automated when we get this information from the citizen, we can then process it even faster. So I think where DHS stands is they have a, they're still you know, a fairly young agency with a lot of challenges, a lot of differing mission areas. And I think they're trying to at least think about how to bring those better together. For instance, you know the, the, the pre-check program or the global entry program, two big programs, how could they bring those closer together is another area. Uh, because the traveler, you and I, when we travel, don't know necessarily the difference between pre-check and global entry. We just right. do, we, do we get to go through the fast line for the TSA or the slow line? And and I think that I think that they're they're, they're seeing that and going, okay, we just need to get it, make it one door, if you will, for the traveler, but on the back sure. end, not not have it. So, well, are you this or that? You, you have to decide. And probably too early to tell, but somewhere in the background, they need that ICAM type of update so that the identities that they're dealing with, especially at retail level, because employees have PIV cards and CAC cards, and that's not an issue. But for people coming in from the public, we all can't have CAC cards. So therefore, somehow our identity has to be verified and even as it's shared in a federated way. DHS, without a doubt, has been one of the 
folks out in front of using the login.gov service from the General Services Administration. Uh, I think uh, folks uh, in different components have signed on early and are trying to take advantage of this kind of federated approach to, to identity. So I think you're right. They, they do recognize that need that uh, identity access management is a huge piece of making the citizen experience better. Federal News Network's Jason Miller, thanks so much. My pleasure, Tom. And be sure to check out his story at federalnewsnetwork.com.